Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Welcome to Studio 22. Going to have a lot of fun today, as always, in here. Thank you for tuning in. I want to encourage you, if you're watching this on Facebook, go over where you can find us on YouTube. Make sure when you go to YouTube, you go to my page. Chad Prather has my face on it. Not one of those knockoffs. And trust me, they're out there. If you're seeing me and John Miller on the same YouTube page and the White House brief is, and you think you're on, you're not on my page, go to my page, okay? And then go to where podcasts are offered and you can get that anywhere. All you got to do is go to – you can go to SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Android, Google. They're everywhere. And subscribe to the Chad Prather Show. Make sure you're downloading and getting the notifications, all those good things. And please go to blazetv.com slash Chad or slash humor. In fact, do that. Go to blazetv.com slash humor. That's one, Mark. We don't we don't use enough of that one. That's a humor. Yeah, right, on, right. It's behind the paywall. We're capitalists. We like we like money, 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 money. If I didn't like money, I'd move to Venezuela and eat out of the trash or something like that. You know, I believe in getting paid in this country, Mark. Do you work for free? No, actually, I get paid when I work. It's exactly. Crazy. Like if you, we have this mindset in America that if you're working and not getting paid, you're a moron. So so we work. We bring you things that. <laughs> Hot news, Natalie said, "What say what? We supposed to be getting paid up here?" <laughs> well, I didn't know. I ain't filled out no W two. <laughs> My bad. Oh, I get paid. Yeah, you do with attention. <laughs> with attention. Good Lord. Over in the peanut gallery, we got my lovely wife, Jade. Hello. Dr. Jade's in the house. Of course, party foul, Stephen. Hot news, Natalie. You guys doing okay today? Yes. Hanging out. It's hot in here. Who's yeah. that in the middle there? You got the head? Look at the head hiding out. Don't ask. We did that episode with John Miller uh, in D.C. And the head, which is normally like a hidden Easter egg here in Studio 22. Sometimes people see it and usually they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. but it kept popping up on the screen, a digitized head, and people were kind of freaking out. They thought they were having a psychedelic flashback from college when they dropped acid. And uh, that head is a very beautiful head. I can't. Let's take a vote. Is that a, is that a woman's head or a man's head? Man's let's take head. a look. The structure, the bone structure is really just flawless. It, it is beautiful. Yeah, well, but if you saw somebody that looked like that, like no. this is a prototype for our future sex robot that's going to be on blazetv.com. Uh, you can go to blazetv.com slash get your sex and uh, use promo code the head and you will be one happy customer in six to eight weeks. Uh, it'll even Chad, come. The question is, what? what? how does it identify? Mm-hmm. What's, it's a plastic hit. So we're going to go. But with is that. that how it identifies? It doesn't identify anything. It's a plastic hit. Till Andrew Heaton comes in here and things get real freaky. So anyway, I want to welcome our special guest, Stubergear, Stubergear, the executive producer, and uh, you you have done everything there is to do. But the executive producer of the Glenn Beck Show, uh, Wonderful World of Stew, which is I I think one of the best shows that Blaze ever put out. I think that's what I've been saying. Still need to be making yeah, that. Yeah, no thing. kidding, right? I've been I've been binge watching over the last month of the old you know World of Stew shows. Yeah. Um, did you see the weight fluctuation? It's pretty uh, dramatic <laughs> uh, from season to season. You've got like four of them are like really fat episode seasons. And then you've got like two where I actually look almost moderately acceptable. Uh, and I'm also like 25 years younger, apparently, in many of those seasons. <laughs> it's a good makeup job. Yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm like month to month on the weight. I like I go up and down, up and down. I'm a I'm a 15 pound fluctuator. I'm yes. Up and down. And, I, and that camera that matters on a camera. It does. You, you really, there's a certain line where you, you ever get to that point, and this has only happened to me like once or twice, where you look in the mirror and you're like, 
eh, not that bad. Yeah. You know, every once in a while I get there and then usually within a few weeks I've gained 15 to 20 pounds and I'm again uh, really upset with myself. But it's totally the same thing. I, I go, I have a, I'm a little wider than 15. I'm probably like 35. Really? Yeah, oh, like no. up and down around 35. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm no pretty good way. at it. I'm pretty good at it. I remember years ago I was going to buy this like home gym system and you go into those stores and they really try to sell you and here's this dude that's all buff and and he's talking about, he's like, I don't even step on a scale, man. It's all about the mirror for me. I'm just, he's got this little thing. He's pulling the bars out. Oh, it's all about the mirror for me, man. I don't even care what I weigh. And I'm like, I hate this guy. I'm not buying anything. Yeah. Just, you're going to believe him, like the guy whose, you know, entire job, right, is looking like that. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, it seems hard to believe. But, you know, I get this naturally. It actually, I mean, I know it's impressive, but it actually comes very natural to me. Exactly. Yeah. I, I know some people who say, well, I don't work out. But they know they look good if you yeah. say that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like to say uh, that I, I like to say that I don't work out. And then people believe me um, <laughs> really fast. <laughs> so that's kind of where I go. Fact. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, look at this specimen over here, Party Foul Steve. Mm. Look at him. He doesn't even care. Mm -hmm. he, I mean, you talk about a dude who just gives zero Fs on what he looks like on camera. Look, there he is. Just doesn't even care. Yeah. Just doesn't even care. Just sits back, lets it all hang out, Let it all hang drinks out. his coffee. Do you remember my reaction to the picture that you sent me? Oh, yeah. From so Blaze the, TV? The last, we, did a, we did a recent episode where Jade took over the show and she interviewed me. So we called it the Jade Prather Show. Candice, Queen of the Ethiopians, our director, our, our uh, EP here, uh, she sent over a thumbnail with Jade and Jade was like, oh, Hell no. No. Oh, no. There were lots she, of she different goes, words. She not goes, just that I'm one. going to come unglued if that picture goes out public. Well, and when I watched the episode, I was like, good God, when did my face get so fat? <laughs> and that's funny. Is Jade's, been, Jade's been going to the workout thing. You know, yes. she's going to the group workout thing and she's up at like 630 in the morning going to class and all that. And you're fine, baby. Well, I don't know how to work out my face. I was going to say, <laughs> there are videos from the 80s of, of exercise you can do for <laughs> yeah. your face. I don't know if you remember those or not. <laughs> Stu, you been, how long have you been with Glenn Beck? Like since, since the days of Jesus. Yes, uh, 20 years, something like that. You have seen a lot of things go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long, long road. Some some days it feels a lot longer than others. But um, yeah, I mean, 20 years. I go back to when I was, uh, I mean, it was 1997, 98, something like that was when I started with him. You grew up where? Connecticut. Yeah. Um, but you wound up with him where? In Florida? No, in Connecticut, actually. Okay. When I when I so I'm when I grow up, I'm in you know middle school and like the cool radio station that's playing like all the big hits of the '80s. Yeah. Um, back in the '80s, uh, was the station KC101, and the morning show team was Glenn and Pat in the morning. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like you know 14 years old listening to the radio, and Glenn and Pat are the two hosts, and so they were kind of the big. That was the big deal station in our in our town, <clears throat> New Haven, Connecticut. So when uh, I after high school and all that, you know, I bounced around and did a couple things and then decided to get into radio and i went there and i went there basically like hanging balloons you know like i'd be the guy who would like you'd come up and i would like with a real emotionless face let you you know spin the prize wheel and you'd win a sticker and i'd act excited for you that was basically my role uh it was impressive it was impressive uh but yeah well, that's where i started with him and he's you know glenn's like playing britney spears records yeah i mean you picture this people think it's it's bizarre now but this is you know everyone in connecticut saw him that way that's who the guy was like he's playing the he's doing the wacky bits and he's the crazy morning guy and uh and so i started with him on that show and he was like I mean, you want to talk about a guy at the end of his rope. I mean, he was, I mean, I, I, there were days I think he had a noose that he was tying in the studio just so he could hang himself and get out of the day show. Like he would show up. Uh, we, we, he used to do this thing where we would do, uh, you know, the show started at six in the morning and he would 
tell me to pull a segment from the previous day to start at six in the morning as a flashback segment, not because he wanted to like let the audience get up to speed of what was going on. He just didn't want to show up until six fifteen. <laughs> and so we would play a fifteen minute segment and we'd go to commercial and we'd come back out and then he'd say play two or three songs. So then we play that. And then at the bottom we'd get to six thirty. Again, the show started at 6. He's still not there. I'd have to do, like, weather by myself. I'm the only person in the studio. No one on the show shows up. I'm like an intern. Um, and that was the way he rolled back then. It's, it's changed quite a bit over the years. Yeah. yeah. At what point in time – so at that, at that stage in the game, did, did you guys just look at it and say, all right, screw it. I'm going to talk radio. It, 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 I mean, it, was that a salvation for him or did he just keep on spinning records? Yeah, well, he he really well, he was considering getting out of radio completely um, right. at that time, and uh, I had come from uh, I just loved talk radio. I grew up like on sports radio and really loved sports radio. And I moved down to you know Florida for a while and listened to a couple of really good radio stations down there that did talk that was entertaining. You still got some of the news, but it was really more funny. You know, like it was like you, you're in the news area, you're in the zip code of the news, but it was really more like entertaining. And that's what I kind of wanted to do coming back up here and, you know, wound up really bumping into Glenn at the right time. Yeah. He's on his, you know, about to commit suicide. And um, that is usually when you want to make friends. Yeah, exactly. Right there at that point in their life. Yes. Like he was like, here's a guy who had immense success all around the nation. I picked him at his lowest point. It was brilliant by me Um, because he was really, you know, he was basically failing in a tiny market. At yeah. that point. Uh, and he so he wanted to get into, you know, talk radio. He had flirted with it himself, and, you know, in his mind, but had never done it. And I really wanted to do it. And there's very few, you know, 20 year olds that want to jump into that, you know, that will actually work all the hours and, and yeah. are interested in the news. So, yeah. you know, right place, right time, I guess. Let that be a lesson or, to those of you listening. Mm-hmm. If you want to really make your career pop, go out and find a hidden genius who's mm-hmm. on the verge of nervous breakdown. Befriend Brilliant. them and bring them up. Bring them. Up. Like, That's why we're friends, Chad. <laughs> Trust me, Steve. I didn't tie the noose until we became friends, Steve. Probably I mean, so. I was doing great till you popped on the scene. And we're like, hey, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I. But you. I mean, you've seen a lot of ups and downs with that deal. But one of my favorite. One. I mean, you've been Stu for 20 years, but your name is Steven. Yes, that is. <laughs> It's my curse. I did something at some point in a future or previous life that you know gave me this uh, this this lot, which yeah. is yeah. He was uh, we were at um, we're doing this gig at like a, a bar. Now remember, Glenn's an alcoholic, so of course, like he's in <laughs> right. this world of top forty radio. So he has to make bar appearances every week, which is a brilliant thing for an alcoholic to do. Sure. And so he would come in and he, I mean, this guy just did not care at this point. I mean, I can't stress this enough. He did not care. So he would just show up late. He would, you know, he would barely talk to listeners. He just kind of sit in the corner like he just didn't care. And so his partner, though, was like this guy he kind of found from the town, Vinny Penn, who is a guy who um, now hosts a show at one of our affiliates mm-hmm. uh, in, in New Haven. Um, and so and this guy was like a lot of energy, wanted to get out there, was young, was single, like, you know, wanted to get out there and, and do his thing. And he was a big Bon Jovi fan. I mean, it was a huge Bon Jovi fan, this guy. And so he, one night Bon Jovi's in town and they go to he, he's there and we have like a meet and greet there. And so he ha- does the typical pathetic fan thing of like, first of all, he gets nervous, then he starts drinking, uh, then he gets hammered, then he goes to meet his big hero that you never thought he'd meet in his million years, and then just basically drools all over himself mm-hmm. uh, and slurs all of his words. And so he's absolutely hammered. And the same night, we have this appearance 
afterwards at this at this uh, bar. So Glenn and, and Vinny are there and I'm talking to Vinny and he's slurring through some sort of like, you know, some blender full of words that supposedly was a sentence. And he says, uh, so what's your name? And I, you know, I said, Steve. And he only heard st. So he just assumed, I, like instead of clarifying, he just assumed it was Stu because that was the name he thought of when he heard those first two letters, Yeah, um, which is not how humans interact typically. Uh, but he was very drunk. And, and you know, it was like it was a quick thing, though. Like he heard it and then he started making fun of it, you know, kind of thought it was a funny thing. And it was a loud bar and everything else. Well, you know, he tells Glenn later on that my name is Stu and Glenn is just oblivious. Like, you know, it's like. You know, this other guy, he's drunk. He figures out, makes a mistake and figures it out and we have a laugh. He tells Glenn this to kind of build on the joke and Glenn's just oblivious for like three or four months. Like I'm working with a guy 40 hours a week and he's just calling me Stu every day and I'm just kind of rolling with it, like not knowing what to do. He's like the big, cool morning show guy. And I'm just like rolling with it. And uh, eventually on the air one day, he's like, he made some joke about... it was Glenn was not at his peak comedy at this point. <laughs> um, he made some joke about someone was talking about um, stew, like the food. And he said, is that how your mom came up with the name stew? And I was like, first of all, it's not a particularly unique observation. Like if I was named <laughs> stew, I probably would have heard that 5,000 times. But right. my name is Steve. And he had absolutely no idea. I mean, calling the wrong name for three or four months on the air, <laughs> having no idea he was talking to someone who he didn't even know their name. And here we are 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the point where my wife calls me Stu. Like everybody in my life calls yeah. me Stu, with the exception of my mom. So, like, you know, I've been bouncing around this studio for the last uh, – couple of years but I, i've been here you know really only for the last four or five months where i've been in and out on yeah. a regular basis mm -hmm. so you and i've gotten to know each other and i knew your name was steven but i didn't know what to call you i was like <laughs> what does he want what <laughs> i mean are we far enough on a personal level where i can call him by what i know his real name is so so you know on air you got to be referred to as Stu, but mm -hmm. you know off the air i'm like hey steven i know <laughs> it's very nice i always say it with much trepidation it makes me feel special though i will say i want to give <laughs> you a big hug we should start calling Glenn Goo. Hey, yeah. Goo. Goo <laughs> <laughs> back. That would go over like a fart in church, man. <laughs> you know you're famous when you have, you know, a name, you know, a pseudo name. I think you should consider changing it legally. I like that. It's what I tell myself. I'll say that. Uh, that's how <laughs> I know. What's going but on the grave? Yeah. Uh, it's a try. Well, because I mean, my wife actually asked me when we first started dating. Uh, she's like, I know your name's Steve, but everyone calls you Stu. Like, what, what do you want? Like, let's do this now. So, like, I don't have to change if this thing lasts more than a week, which got, you know, who, who thought it would? Uh, you know, if I don't have to change. And I was thinking to myself, like, she's way too hot for me to try to change her. Just like, Stu, it's perfect. Stu, call me whatever you want. <laughs> You're not going to be uh, Steven so when we get drunk on the weekend. <laughs> you can put on a red wig and you can be steven <laughs> there you go so yeah no Stu all the way now for the most part um nice. and it's bizarre it's a bizarre thing because it, it's now so second nature to me yeah. um and people always think like oh well, what if people call you steve is that weird no it's my name it's not weird like i don't feel weird about it it's it's actually my name but what i love about the dynamic that you guys have had for all these years and y'all have obviously traveled a lot of miles together but but to your credit, a lot of times you have a lot of EPs that are out there, editorial producers or executive producers or people who are really responsible for making these shows happen. 
whether it's the content or the look or the, you know, when all of a sudden a clip news clip pops up. I mean, you, you're the one you're working hard to make sure these things are happening. And of course, the Blaze entity has been a big machine for a while to make sure that Glenn gets what Glenn needs mm-hmm. because he has been the figurehead of that yeah. uh, for so many years. But you have been intertwined in the actual telling of the news and the commentary and the in the in the talk radio and talk TV, because to your own credit, I mean, you're a, an extraordinarily intelligent dude. I think that, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I'm not saying that to kiss your ass. I'm just saying, like, I I look, I I seriously am listening to what you have to say on topics because, I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, to be studied or well read, but to be inundated with information where bites and bits are coming at you on an everyday basis, the way they are, and here you've been dealing with this for all these years. Yeah, it's a different world. I mean, I, I used to I, I used to think about it as like you have to become a three day expert on everything. Right. Where like a story comes in, you don't know anything about it. You have to learn everything. Go on the air, and in three days, the, the, it's out of the cycle, and you no longer need the information. And so these yeah. things have to like kind of come in and go out, and you have to remember the important parts, which is kind of hard. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like I over the years, it's kind of changed, and like I wasn't on the air as much back in the day. Like when yeah. I first started, I would just basically chime in occasionally and, and laugh, yeah. and now you know I get to actually like say things of some value. <laughs> Occasionally, oh, he's being humble. He carries the load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now, now uh, Glenn is, is the Gubeck? beneficiary of everything that I do. Is that way I look at it? Um, yeah, glue. Not, That's it. It's going to be Glueback. Glueback. Not glue. Glueback. Yeah. Okay. Glueback. Glue so when I'm on the air with Glueback, he, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you get you get in the middle of it and it just sort of happens. You know. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you, you. I mean, now doing this every day, right? Like you realize you just got to like you're coming in. You're like. Figuring the stuff out on the fly, and like Love every it, yeah. other person on Earth gets the uh, gets the benefit of being honest about it and saying like I don't know. And sometimes you make mistakes and you, you learn stuff. And then in this business, though, man, if you do one little mistake, they're all over them. I mean, Glenn said some one thing the other day on the air that was just kind of slightly not stated perfectly. It's this giant news cycle. He's trending nationally on Twitter for what? He didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and it's just a frustrating world to live in because there's it's not honest. Well, it's like uh, what's who's the CNN guy? Brian Stelter. Uh, uh, yes, this guy. He's, he's, like, he's like a thumb with a tie around his <laughs> first knuckle. I, I can't stand the guy. But, you know, when the Sri Lanka bombing came out and it, when the count was at like 138 people and Trump tweets 138 million people are right. dead. And obviously it was a typo. It's yeah. one of those automatic. I mean, Trump's used to typing words like million and billion sure. after 138. Yes, so yeah. they're probably just the tweeters like, oh, I know where he's going with this. <laughs> so they just added million in and Trump was probably tweeting at 3 a.m. sitting on the toilet as he usually does. <laughs> and so it, he didn't think to double check it, but they did a whole CNN. St- he did a whole CNN segment on the typo. And how could that possibly be of value in a it's situation like that? And the way they preface it was, if you're not going to pay attention to the little things, then how can we trust you with the big things? That's stupid. It's idiotic. Idiotic, right? And like, and where was, you know, everybody makes mistakes, right? Like, I mean, like everybody does this. And here's a situation where we just went through how many weeks of coverage of the New Zealand uh, story where, I and mean, look, it was a really terrible thing. And it was, you know, right. I'm glad it was covered. Um, but you know the, the the issues are reversed here, where in that particular case, you know Muslims are the victims. In this case, extremist Muslims are the ones doing uh, the crimes. At least it, it looks like that is the way this turns out. And it's like 
with the coverage going to hang? Now we're just going we go immediately to Donald Trump's typos. Yeah. Like this was weeks of coverage. They were all over. They were talking. The entire country got rid of guns because of this attack. We covered it as if it happened in our White House, let alone in New Zealand. And here's a story with six times as many dead people, uh, 500 injured. And, you know, because the groups are rearranged, are we going to hear anything about this come Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, next week? Probably not. Yeah. And nobody, including Obama or Hillary, are wanting to use the word Christian. They don't, you know, now Hillary was very outspoken when she talked about white supremacists carrying this out. And it was hate crimes against Muslims. And we can't allow is these 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 followers of mm-hmm. Islam to be persecuted. I mean, these were the words that she was using on Twitter. But then she comes out and says, well, folks celebrating Easter. Or, you know, Easter, Easter worshippers, worshipers what Obama said. Yeah. And I tried to do a little search just to see if I could do uh, – just to find out if Hillary Clinton has ever tweeted and used the word Christian, and I couldn't find it. And so that's an interesting little thing. Mm. I would love to somebody smarter than me who could find that out to see. But you're exactly right. Can we get Brian Stelter on the phone? Can we get Stelter needed? on okay. the phone? Yeah, because uh, yeah. he's smarter than yeah. us for sure. Yeah, let's, let's get the thumb with the necktie <laughs> on here. But, I mean, th- this is a news story. I did um, – You ever go through and just look at some of the CNN stories that are out there? They're absolutely asinine. There was an entire article the other day on how to pronounce Pete Buttigieg's last name. Yes. And it included a video. That's important. It's unbelievable. They did the – they were actually doing this wrong too. They were saying boot a judge for a while, yeah. and now it's boot edge edge. Boot edge edge. Boot edge edge. I learned that like, from Ben Shapiro. Oh yeah, there you go. Boot edge. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he actually puts. He actually and legitimately, the guy puts up signs at every campaign stop that yeah. says boot edge, so that that people walk in because that's the first question everybody asks and it's like you know we, we did this thing where we laid out all the candidates and we're like all right well these these people have they're kind of the front runners and then you have these people over here this next tier which is kind of like the people have got a shot at it and then the next tier is like people who maybe if everything goes right and then a bunch of people at the end, the end that have no chance and i put Buttigieg in initially in that camp of like oh they got a chance if everything goes right well, we're seeing what happens when everything goes right, because there's no reason. There's 19 freaking people in this race mm-hmm. and 20 with Joe Biden, probably more. And they're not going to just let him have the nomination and never say one critical word about him. I don't know right. if they can they haven't figured out what to say about this guy, but they act as if he's the perfect candidate. And it's like, he look. I mean, I you know, mayor of South Bend, Indiana is probably more than I'll ever accomplish in my life uh, because uh, that's a giant zilch, honestly. But I mean, he. Are we really going to let the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, have one of the two major party nominations with no battle at all? They're yeah. just going to let this guy cruise all the way to go going one-on-one with Donald Trump? But he kissed his husband right That's there true. That's behind nice. the podium. I mean, they went they went cheek-to-cheek kiss. It was, it, oh, was like, yeah. it was like scruff to scruff is uh. what it was. I mean, they were full, full mouth on the scruff, but it wasn't like – I mean, like, if you really you watch this if, closely, I wow, did. Really I did, did. I did a full an- analysis of okay, this thing. Good. Because here's the thing: I, I, I'm not saying that America couldn't handle a gay president. I'm not sure the world could handle a gay president in that certain Brunei countries, is now stoning not, you know. publicly stoning gays, and that's de- definitely the Middle East can't handle it. Um, and, and I'm just saying, if as an American, if you're going to come out of the closet and you're going to be a real gay candidate, then be real gay. Don't face to face, scruff to scruff. I want I want you to be the most French American gay candidate you can be. I want you to show us your true affection. I mean, Mike Pence, your Karen. You know what? what <laughs> is that Mike's wife's name? 
Is that the yeah. vice president? Uh-huh. It's yeah. Karen, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I said that, and I want you to I don't know if I'm right. thinking of the most passionate lovers in the no. world thinking pences, though. That, like, That's you not... can do, like at the inaugural <laughs> ball, you could see them. It's like they automatically had that invisible balloon between them when right. they were dancing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they were so used to doing the, the school hands dance up, thing. Hands up, on the sides. <laughs> Fox yes. trot. Now I'm going to take a step back <laughs> and a side this way and forward. And so uh, – But no. aren't they kind of the victims, though, of their own sort of this intersectional thing that they're doing? Because, like – I agree. You, you can't – they can't – can't say bad things about people who are gay legally. I think that they believe maybe if it's a gay Republican, they could say yeah. something bad about them. But they can't say anything bad about this guy because he's gay. Yeah. So they're all struggling is to figure out what to say that's negative about this candidate. Yeah. And they're all going to get beat up because of it. It's kind of an interesting. I mean, look, it's it's one thing to go through and analyze this stuff. It's another thing to step back and just say, this is just fun to watch. Yeah. Like, they, they're all flailing against each other to right. see who could be the bigger socialist. Which is why I say what I say. I want you to go full on gay. OK, yeah. I want you to show <laughs> us what real a real gay romantic relationship Put it on camera. Mm-hmm. Show America what we're getting. There's a if, lot of websites that will do this for I you. I know, you but I want that, right? Boot Edge Edge to do it. Okay. I want him to come out full gay. <laughs> if you're going to, I mean, I want to see don't the, think it, You don't think he's come out as half gay. No, no. I want him to, I want us to see it, though. I want to see if the American people really want to see two dudes going tongue on tongue <laughs> and really just hammering down, like, like mm, smell my fist. I want you <laughs> to just come Sodom and Gomorrah and bring it out. Oh, really. God. I do. Because then we'll see if we're ready. Then we'll, well see if we're ready. I don't ready. think we need to have every intimate detail. Of the oh relationship no, I want to see. Us. I want to see Obama kiss Michael so bad. I want. I don't want. I want to bury Michael. Make out. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I. I can't think of any politician that I want to see do anything ah. in this realm, let alone Pete Buttigieg. Does, does Melania count as a politician? No, she doesn't. No, she, she doesn't. Does. Oh, I want to see. Nikki anyway, Haley. what? Yeah, Nikki Nikki get in the microphone. Yeah. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As far as politicians I mean, go, I mean. Ah, you're right. Okay. okay bad you. idea on the Prather, pr- from the Prather camp. <laughs> I just want to, like, I can handle, like, because I'm taking, Stu, what you're saying, and, like, I don't even want to see Don kiss Melania. I don't want to see <laughs> no, that. No, it's always creepy. Uh, I don't know what it is about those relationships. Yeah. But, I mean, there is this thing. I, I kind of see what you're getting at that. And, like, you, in when it comes to, uh, when it comes to movies and entertainment and everything, yeah. we've crossed the line of saying like, hey, you got to be cool with other people. Like, you know, I don't care what other people do. Sure. You know, if other people want to do that. That's totally cool with them. It used to be called what's their sexual preference, right? Like you'd be like, all right, you know, you respect their sexual preference. Well, indicating that sexual preference is a thing indicates that I prefer women, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a sexual preference too, right? And I prefer women. So the fact that I don't want to go watch Brokeback Mountain does not mean that I don't want gay- gays to have the right to vote. But if I if it was my sexual preference to watch two dudes make out, I'd show up for it, right? Like I'd be all, I'd be cheering it on, you know. Like, but it's not, and I would assume it's the same for for if Pete Buttigieg is like, you know what, my sexual preference is to kiss this yeah. the scruff on on the cheek of my of my man. That's great, but I would assume he's not as entertained as I might be no. at uh, you know Charlie yeah, Theron. You know, of course, a lot of the, Charlie Theron, Atomic Blonde. Yes, yeah. We don't know if she's got a boy or a girl child, but whatever. Anyway, but I, I'm with you on that, and I say all that tongue-in-cheek and, and facetiously because I don't want to see politicians make out. And I really don't care if, if Pete Buttigieg kisses his husband. I really don't no. care. I don't care he sleeps with. I don't care what he does. But you're right. I, so you go back. He says, well, in that CNN article, he said, I just want people to call me Mayor Pete. I mean, what's, what what, 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 <laughs> what no. happens when you're president? Do we call you President Pete? I mean, <laughs> Pete. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be a, a rough yeah. nickname. Yeah, I guess that's what you do. I, I don't know. Is this guy actually going to win? I mean, no. it seems like right now he's having this little run. But remember, you know, Herman Cain had a little run. Herman Cain. You know, yeah. Fred Thompson had a little run. These guys all, I mean, there's these people. Wesley Clark had a little run back in the day. You know, this does happen. I mean, you know, Carly Fiorina was up in the top of the, in, in 16 for a few days. Like, I just don't know. I mean, the other candidates are so bad. Maybe this guy could actually rise yeah. to the top. I mean, is Bernie Sanders really going to be the next president of the United States or at least be running for the Democrats? It's just hard to believe. I think we are – well, let's, what is your opinion? I mean, seriously, what, I mean, who do you think is the 2020 Democrat candidate? Are they even in the race yet? Um, I mean, certainly Biden has a chance. He's supposed to get in this week, yeah. um, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, I think uh, I think the one I, if I were to give you the one I fear and I think, I'm, it, you know, as far as a, a real chance to win and a person who I think could would be very far left if elected, um, but not as crazy an ideologue as Bernie Sanders who will kind of say anything. You can't get to the left of Sanders. And the guy went to the freaking Soviet Union on his honeymoon. You can't get to the left of a guy who went to the Soviet Union on his honeymoon. That's just impossible. Um, The one I would pick out of that group would be, I mean, the Buttigieg is an interesting threat. I just don't see how you go from mayor of South Bend, Indiana to the presidency because we would, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess Donald Trump went from the apprentice to the presidency. So uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, It's Kamala Harris. I think Harris is, you know, she she checks off all the boxes for the left, right? She's very far left, socialist type uh, president uh, or uh, policy wise. She is intersectional enough to, you know, she's not some white male. You don't want a white male in there. You don't even want a white female in there. That's not even far enough. But at least you have you have a little bit of flair there in the person of color arena. She's very well spoken. She's generally speaking pretty likable. I mean, she she can you know she's go she's good on like you know late night shows and things yeah. like that. She has a lot of that going for her, and she comes from a prosecutor background. So like you think of how awful Hillary Clinton looked like the deer in headlights when she was in yeah. those debates with Trump. Trump brings a certain kind of pressure that no other candidate has ever brought, and and. You're on the you're on the bright lights of that stage in a debate with Donald Trump. You better have someone who sat there and like argue with murderers before, right? right? Like this is this is a this is the type of profile that she's not going to fold like Hillary Clinton. I don't think whether she can win the nomination or not. I mean, she's got a lot of money. She's got a big base of uh, support in California when it comes to financial uh, level. She's she's like the only Democrat that's not even hiding that she's taking big money donations. Like yeah. she's just like screw it, I'm going for it. <laughs> and she's playing, I think, so far relatively smart. Like she hasn't made any big mistakes. She's not out there all the time. She's not. She's not. People aren't getting sick of her. She's kind of hang, hanging back in that sort of bottom of the top tier right now. Yeah. I think she's an interesting one. I mean, I don't want to see any of them be president of the United States, frankly. Um, and some of them, I think, can't be. There's probably a certain amount down that bottom tier that are just so terrible that they're never going to win. Yeah. But but you know, Kamala, and I agree with you on that, and it's scary. It's a scary proposition. Yeah. It's a scary thought because she is pretty far left. But you're right. She's kind of hanging back, pacing herself, just kind of like I'm here waiting. To, yeah. I'll make my move when the time. It's still very, very early because mm-hmm. you're right. I think that if you tried to really push forward right now, then you have somebody like Biden who jumps in the race, and now you're overshadowed. See, I think a lot of these folks, and, and Biden, I think, has done the same thing. I don't think there's any question whatsoever that Biden's going to be in the race. Yeah. And again, depending on when this episode comes out, which I'm sure he's already in the race by the time people yeah. are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, a Biden-Harris ticket would be brutal. It'd yeah, that could be really brutal. Yeah, Biden's interesting because everyone kind of assumes he's going to run to the middle. But I don't know what the evidence of that is. I mean, None. the guy was one of the most progressive senators 
uh, in the Senate when he ran in 2008. He was, you know, and he became vice president. Um, you know, the guy has a really left wing voting record. The, I think what fools people is like he's just really old. So he was around like 50 years ago when it was the left wing position to have a strong border. Right? Like, yeah. like that it was yeah. just like he's just been around through yeah. all of these cycles. And that kind of makes him look occasionally like he's he's more right wing. He's really not. And I think, you know, the the, the media does the Republican fart, uh, Party. Party is probably not, not a bad description <laughs> at times. Uh, does the Repu- Republican Party endless favors by focusing on people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez instead of someone like Kamala Harris? Because. She, you know, she's a dunce, you know, and, and, and comparing to, 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 to Kamala, who's like smart and well-spoken and a much, to me, much scarier face of socialism. Mm-hmm. She doesn't admit it. She's likable. You know, Ocasio-Cortez is likable for some to some in that sort of like, you know, she's kind of silly and like, hey, what a cool story kind of way. Kamala Harris is a serious person who's done serious things in her life and is – Including you know, fornication. Because she's done that else? with a lot. <laughs> she did have that. She did have an affair. You, a little bit Willie Brown. Yeah, the Willie Brown thing's yeah. interesting. Playgirls top ten sexiest man in the world. Willie Brown won in 1984. <laughs> now I, you'd wonder why I know that. I am a subscriber, obviously, but why would I know that? Again, back to my theory: <laughs> just stick with liberalism long enough, you become an ugly person. That's true. You can go from being one of the top ten sexiest <laughs> men in the world to being what we know today as. Willie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated, though, because, like, here we are in this Me Too move- moment, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're talking about. We get rich, powerful guys and, and, and should not be hitting on young women. Well, this is kind of the other side of Me Too. Kamala Harris was outwardly helped by her relationship and affair at the workplace with a rich, powerful man. Mm-hmm. She was escalated throughout her career. She was supported her multiple times, uh, got all sorts of connections through it. It's like sometimes the Me Too thing, I guess, you know, kind of works out well is kind of the lesson I suppose we're supposed to learn, I guess, from that, which is a strange message from Democrats. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was what, you know, that was really part of her life. And and it just seems to be blown, blown off now. It does. And you bring up an extra Extra special point when you say it, it's easy, low-hanging fruit to pick on AOC, but we need to focus on the ones who are the true threats. Yeah. Because as Nancy Pelosi said, in the district where AOC ran, a cup of water could have won mm-hmm. if they ran on the Democratic ticket. And, and and I don't think she meant that as the insult that it was, but she's right. Yeah. Like a pair that with a D in front of it would have won in that district. So, you know, it's true. Anybody would. But Kamala Harris, another story. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's in California, which, you know, Democrats are certainly favored, not quite as yeah. dramatically as her district, as Ocasio's district. I mean, it's one of those things with Ocasio. Like, it's a, it is an interesting story, right? Like this kind of crazy young socialist is mm-hmm. be able to knock out. It was, but it wasn't knocking out the Republican that was interesting. It was knocking out the Democrat who had been there for a zillion years. Right. I mean, there was that that was that race a few years ago where a guy um, uh, won the Democratic nomination for the Senate in South Carolina against Jim DeMint. His name was Alvin Green. And I swear people thought he was a singer. The only reason he won, the guy had he. Lo- there was another guy who was running seriously. This guy hadn't done any debates. He had like five hundred dollars in total donations, and he won the primary. And then was going up against Jim Demint, and he, the guy could barely speak coherently. <laughs> I mean, like I just think they thought Alvin Green sounds I'm familiar. So in love yeah, yeah. with you, whatever you want me to. They wanted some soul. They wanted some soul in the Senate. It's all right with me. <laughs> So let's take it to the peanut gallery. Who wins the Democratic nomination in 2020? I don't even know the whole list. Nobody it's knows only the 19. whole I know. I don't, list. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. 
Steve, do you have an opinion on that? You just flip a not coin. Beto. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's not him. That, that's interesting about Kamala, and that's certainly something worth putting some weight into that I'm going to do some research. I really appreciate that. But I've always, my my head has always gone to Biden. Yeah. Because I feel like everybody takes him serious. Um, it's obviously not Swalwell, who I, <laughs> who is on my S list right now. Yeah. Um, but you know who else doesn't think it's Swalwell is Swalwell. Like, right. <laughs> this is the this is the type of guy who runs for president with no intention of ever becoming president. No. He's running to like give himself extra Twitter followers and get on MSNBC more often. But that's exactly right. Anybody that gets on Steve Colbert and says I'm going to announce my presidency, yeah. comes running up. Oh, just did my three miles. Uh, I, I'm just running. So creepy. I'll, I'll make an announcement tonight. It's creepy. Get in three more miles. <laughs> Weird. He's just a guy that thinks he's pretty. He's And he is. Well, he's again, I, like I've said over and over, he is the douchebag cousin that shows up at Thanksgiving and says, hey, Stu, if we can get a minute alone, I, I got an opportunity that I think you'd be perfect for. Oh, that's you know? exactly him. You're I so mean, right. That's, that's the dude, man. And, and it's like multi-level, multi-level marketing. Yes, deal. He's, selling, <laughs> got a whole thing. he's selling you something yep. with acai berries yep. in it. That's yep. what he's doing. Yes. Yep. I got something, dude, you're going to feel great. You talk about that 35-pound fluctuation in weight loss, you'll never have to worry about it that again. It sells itself. Yeah. That I mean, is Eric Swallow. You're right. That's, that's him. That is amazing. He's the Ultimate Ponzi pyramid multi-level guy, MLM. And I want to take all I got a business guns. opportunity for you. Yeah. What, Natalie? I want to take all your guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's running He's running the big, like, uh, anti-Second Amendment uh, yeah. nomination, which does not – I mean, I don't think it works out well in this country, certainly nationwide. No. Um, and then he won't, he won't debate Dana Lash, which I thought was fascinating because, I mean – He's like, I want to, I want to debate, debate Ollie North. It's like, you know, Ollie's a, I'm, he's a great guy, I'm sure. Yeah. But people are terrified of Dana. Everybody's terrified of Dana I'm because terrified she will destroy Dana. you in a debate on guns. We just got a text from Dana. What did she yeah, say? Yeah, she texted. Well, it, it's from Chris, but because Dana's on the yeah. air. Um, but well, she she we invited her to be on the show, but she was going to be on the air. She was very kind. But um, they did say um, she would love to de- debate them all simultaneously. Swalwell literally just killed his own candidacy by calling her out and then click and then uh, chickening out. Dana is standing there like Doc Holliday and Tombstone saying, say when. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> you know, Daisy, Eric. You know, Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Chris. He's my man. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, uh, however, Eric Swalwell killed Eric Swalwell's candidacy sure by did. being Eric yeah. Swalwell. Just that quick uh, <laughs> swallwell went to being a swell wall yeah they, trump built trump's gonna build that swell wall um no it's it's crazy it's it's a comedy of um hypocrisy it's a comedy of errors it's a comedy of you know how can you how can you really put as a front runner an old white guy yeah it's amazing i mean i, I you know because biden yeah, has obviously no intersectional points. None. He gets none on that scale. Zero. Um, and in the, the one thing I think Biden can do well is deal with the pressure of Trump, right? Like he's the one yeah. guy. He'll go in there. He'll cut him off. They'll both be screaming at each other, and neither one will stop talking until they walk off the stage. Um, but he's a gaff machine. As, you know, he he could easily mess this thing up. Um, but he has to be the front runner. He's still leading in all these polls. You didn't answer the. You didn't answer your own question. Who do you think is going to win? I, I think it'll be Biden. I, Biden. I still think, though, to go on, go out on a limb. Well, let me say this about Biden. So for for whatever thirty years now, Biden's kind of been that guy who's like, well, I don't really want to be here, but yeah, America really needs me. Yep. You know, and, and I, I just need to be here because. <laughs> Uh, and they, they keep you know, telling him they don't. They just keep running me and they keep saying, <laughs> no, we don't need you. And, and so I'm just saying, we don't, dude. We don't need the help. We're okay without it. Uh, I, I'll say this. As a dark horse, I wouldn't I, 
I can almost see based on that same, well, I didn't want to do it, but they need me and they're pulling me. And I just, I can see Hillary Clinton stepping back into this Really? Thing. Oh I can see it. Gosh. Just being one of those where it gets down to the wire and, and all of a sudden she's like, I was happy in retirement, but America's called. I hope she does. That's a lot of good entertainment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, I mean, what are the odds of it? I don't know. But, man, it wouldn't surprise me based on that logic if all of a sudden she stepped in there. Um, but, no, I think, it, I think it's Biden. And I, I agree with you. I think Harris has an opportunity to be there. Beyond that, it gets pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, the Beto thing seems to have fallen apart quickly. It is early, though, and he is raising a lot of money. A lot so of money, but when he's he got his own around. people and young people, too, who are calling him out in his own little, you know, impromptu town halls at the mall, and they're like, uh, you took lobbyist money. You said you weren't going to take yeah. lobby money. Yeah, and I don't, I, I, you know, some of that stuff, I think, is really important, and some of it kind of goes over people's heads when you get into the, the issues. I don't know how much, I don't know if anyone cares about issues anymore, I feel like. In this <laughs> no, country. it doesn't matter. I don't think anyone cares. Um, but, like... The two things I think with Beto are really hurting him is one, he's jumping on the counters like a cat all the time. Yeah. And that's a weird thing to do to people. It's it off off putting. And the hand gestures are I've never seen anything like it. He's like one of those blow up things that are out front of master's stores <laughs> and just keep going like inflating and going up and with the flailing arms all over the place. Yeah. I've never seen any person with the wild hand gestures of this uh, of, of of Beto. Well, there was a video out a couple of weeks ago of him trying to give an interview in a parking lot, and he's he's, he's trying to get the words out, and, and he's uh, and, and yeah. there was a guy who said, "Look, I've been in law enforcement for thirty five years in in narcotics." He said, "This guy's a tweaker. He's tweaking." He said, "I'm telling you, he's yeah. got all the signs of being a tweaker." And I'm not gonna say, but I'm like, you know, maybe he's they're slipping something through the gate there in El Paso. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, he definitely has some odd eccentricities when it comes to his communication skills. Yeah, and I, you know, he's not he's not good. I mean, we saw it in Texas. Right. You know, he was not good in the debate. I mean, he got. He had a couple of big, like, viral videos, right? Like, he had a couple of, like, hey, now this posted his ran on Colin yeah. Kaepernick and it gets a, a bunch of views. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's the path to the presidency. Maybe it is in today's day and age. I don't know. But I think he's – I mean, the only other one I could – I mean, maybe Amy Klobuchar has, a, like, a VP vibe. <laughs> I feel like she is, like, a top-tier VP person, but I don't think she has a chance to actually win. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, it's not a good field. It's a large no. field, but it's not a good field. Well, Can I throw it, in another name real quick? We've talked about yeah. this, and before I just wanted your opinion. Hmm. I know, I know that this name is not in the running, but in the back of my head, it always is. Is there is Michelle Obama? She would be somebody worth paying attention to if that name was thrown into the hat. I just would love yeah. your opinion. I think you're totally right. I mean, she's obviously been through this stuff before. Uh, I think I actually entertain the idea that she may run yeah. I, I think if this thing falls apart it's not impossible still like and i think if if she were to jump into the race she would be immediately the front runner i mean like i mean she would because she has i don't think it would necessarily last you know but she is um she's one of those people who i think has that sort of there's some cachet there that she'd be able to kind of She's bigger than the media cycle. You know? Well, here's what I think people think when they hear that. I think people go back to saying, well, if we elect Hillary Clinton, we're getting Bill again. But Hillary showed real fast that she wasn't Bill. Right. Mm -hmm. And she did everything she could to Bill Chagrin to not be Bill. Had she been more Bill-esque, she probably would have been hands down for Because let's face it, Bill's a people person. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a lot oh, of yeah. ways. Yeah. But, but you know, there's no question about it when it comes to charisma. If Bill Clinton comes in the room and talks to you, you feel like you're the only person on the planet. He owns the room. He works he, it. He, he's yeah, got totally. it. And you feel special with Bill Clinton. 
Hillary that's Clinton. That's a skill, though. I mean, no. that's a tough cigar skill. with him. Yeah. <laughs> Share a cigar. Ways. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, but that's that's uh, that's a that's not you don't get that through marriage. Right? Yeah. Like that well, is no. A, that's and, a freaking tough characteristic. And I mean, that's I go back to. So to the Michelle point, I go back mm-hmm. to. Them saying things, her saying things like, you know, I've been ashamed. You know, this is the first time I've ever been proud of my country. Yeah. There are things like that. She's not Barack Obama. No, no. Uh, and she's, I think, more ideological than him way in more. many ways. Way more. Um, so that that very well would come yeah. out over time. I mean, again, I don't necessarily think she would win for sure if she jumped in, but she would go to the top of the polls immediately. No question. But I think she w- it would it would ride the wave that people would think they were getting Unlike Hillary Clinton to Bill, mm-hmm. people would feel like they were getting Barack Obama back yeah. in office if but, they elected I, Michelle. And I, will, I'll, and I agree, but I will say this. I will say this. The difference between Bill and Barack is there was less of an empty shell there with Bill Clinton than there was with Barack Obama. Barack Obama was nothing but air. I mean, it was to me, that was an eight-year scandal. With the with the coming out of the Mueller report and these things, and everybody says, "Oh, treason, criminal." You know, I read the Mueller report as Trump, Trump, Trump. You know, he was treasonous as a president. I'm like, no, all this stuff happened while Obama was the president. Yeah. So what you're saying is, if you want to say anybody was <laughs> was was engaged in crime or treason, it's the Obama administration. So, but does anyone who follows the left, who follows the left, believe that? Because they think that Barack Obama was amazing. Oh, they thought he was a messiah. So they get but, him but, back. But, but the point I'm making is Bill Bill Clinton actually did some things. <laughs> yeah. Like he actually did some things that were, you know, they considered him the first black president. You know, because, I mean, he did a, a lot of stuff for the African-American community. Mm-hmm. Did I like him? No. Did I appreciate him? No. I, I could d- about him all day long, but. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I think the it's interesting, the Obama thing now. It, it seems almost like quaint in comparison yeah. to what we're seeing now. It's like Bernie Sanders, who's, you know, right now without Biden in, as we do tape this, it's like he is a, a guy who is uh, the leader of the pack, right? Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. And here's a guy who in 2013 introduces Medicare for all. He's been right. believing this for a long time. Again, he went to the Soviet Union on his honeymoon. He knows this stuff. He <laughs> and at an underwear party. Yeah, exactly. It just sounds like fun. <laughs> um, they, he, 2013. He announces he puts this bill up there and gets zero co-sponsors in the entire Democratic Senate. No one in 2013, not 2004, not 1985, 2013. This is not that long ago. This is second term Obama, and he gets no Democrats to come on board with him. And here we are later. You know, now every candidate in the race uh, that has any chance to win has to support this or you don't. They actually think of Barack Obama as too far to the right. Yeah, And I think really the, the main chance for anything with the, M- Michelle to happen is you could see a scenario where let's say like a – let's say a Biden wins the, the nomination and he goes through and he's locked the thing up and then some big scandal happens or mm-hmm. you know, you know, for some reason he's a health concern and needs to drop out of the race or whatever. You could see her as kind of this white knight candidate to kind of come in and right. save the whole thing. Look, we can all unite around Michelle, right, guys? Uh, you except, could see something like that happening I think. Except for divorced dads. Yeah, wasn't okay. she the one that uh, said something about that? I don't remember that one. Yeah, uh, she said. All, I mean, she, she said all kind of. Things. Yeah, she's look. She's all, not, here's what I remember. Picture. You remember when Barack Obama, the little video came out where he was at his, he was on the plane and his staff standing around. He turns around, and he's got an erection in his pants. You remember that video? <laughs> I you definitely. See? What videos are you watching? You got to see the that. Tape. That one's oh. out there. 
What I'm curious is what's going to happen no, when, when Michelle it. turns around and she's got an erection. That's going to be a whole other deal. Whole other deal, Stuvergare. Look, I don't believe that's true. However, if it was, that's a benefit in the, in the primary. Exactly. That, that is like, that's one more level of intersectionality Pete that you Pete Buttigieg is going to be boring. Next <laughs> to that. We gotta put, we, I'll have to look up the, uh, the, the Obama on the plane video. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, if you're into that, <laughs> it's, Pete, that does not Pete, sound interesting at Pete all. Boot edge edge kind of thing. You have recommended several videos today, sir, and I'm yeah. not watching any of them. I know. Well, eh, <laughs> too much internet for me. Let's let's go back. One more thing, I want to ask you, and we got to get out of here. One thing. So so back during the primaries, 2016. Obviously, I know Glenn was a Ted Cruz guy. Mm-hmm. I was a Ted Cruz yeah, guy. I was, I, I was not. I didn't think Trump. I, I thought it was a novelty. Mm-hmm. I never could figure out what the guy was talking about. No. I mean, I never knew what he was saying. You know, my mother was big time Trump. Don't talk bad about Trump. Uh-huh. No, Trump and Jesus. I don't talk bad about those two guys. Yeah, we, heard, we heard that a lot. I'm sure. In 2016, and so, yeah. And so I know that once Trump was elected and, and because of and, and I get it, I get it a ton. I don't know how you can align yourself with a guy like Glenn Beck, who, oh, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Psh. you know, people people are going to. What are you going to do, right? Think, think yeah. through it, folks. But I imagine you guys came through a lot of flack. We did. Yeah. I mean, people, uh, you know, I I think uh, you look back at that and it's like, well, Donald Trump didn't have a good record. Uh, You know, he didn't. Um, And we said this when when we went through this process, like, well, Trump's record was a guy who was largely on the left, who donated to people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and and did things that we would never accept from anyone else. Buddies with the the Clintons. Yeah. I mean, Al Sharpton. Yeah. Jesse Jackson. You know, and it's it's who he was. And, you know, he said and the thing is, if you really listen to him, he never did say he changed. He just kind of started saying, I now I'm this person. Yeah. and it made me really nervous, honestly, in that field where I thought there was actually a lot of really good candidates. You know, I mean, you know, I, like I mean, someone like Bobby Jindal, mm-hmm. who got zero percent in most of those polls and was dropped yeah. out in a month. Yeah. That's a really accomplished, smart guy. Right. Um, that could have probably been a good conservative president. Um, right. You know, Cruz was good. And a lot of people liked Rubio. And, a lot, you know, there, it was a wide field. It wasn't just Jeb Bush. Right. Um, so. I can understand it. I mean, I think we said when uh, when the, you know Donald Trump gets elected, you step back and you say, "Look, what we were doing is trying to look at his past and say what we think his future would look like." Mm-hmm. Once he becomes president, there's no need to do that, right? Yeah, like, exactly. once you, like you look at what his record is, um, and I think he's done. Look, he's I absolutely far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, um, done some really good things. There's still a lot of stuff I don't like. Uh, Me too. You know, I mean, but Me too. I, I just did a video came out uh, recently on social media where I said, you know, it's one thing. To say that politicians are less than honorable, to say, well, he's less than honorable politician. No, that's all politicians. Yeah. He's a guy that got, got the job by saying, oh, yeah, I'm less than honorable, but I'm not trying to hide that or even change that. <laughs> that's just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, do you want me to do this job or not? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Like, like, it's like I'm trying to hire a hitman who's never killed anybody. <laughs> no, no, you know, yeah. so I, I'd rather have a guy with some experience that knows how to get in there and get his hands dirty. And that's sort of what he's done. Yeah. And so I think on that's that, true. I have to give him the credit. Yeah, no, he's done. And look, he's done some good things. I mean, you see that in the Mueller report, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, you go through it and it's like, well, did he was he colluding with the Russians? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard from day one. Yeah. I did not think he was colluding with the Russians. It always seemed like a dumb thing to do. And you look through the entire report, and I, like, I had to suffer through reading it uh, last week. <laughs> and it's like the second half where it's these obstruction of justice claims. And it's like, it, 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 did the guy relatively routinely lie to the press about what he was doing? Absolutely. Like, yeah. there's no question about it. But when it came down to dealing with with the actual investigators, 
generally speaking, he went to them and just did what he had to do. Like he was hiding documents from the press like crazy, but turning them over to investigators. There's no crime in lying to the press. I wish he didn't prioritize this like day-to-day press battle thing as much as he does I agree. you know i mean I, he's got you know like the border security thing like he's got a lot of priorities that i really agree with and i wish he would spend a little more time on that and a little less time dealing with whatever nonsense msnbc like leave that to idiots like us you know yeah. what i mean you're the president of the united states yeah like you don't need to deal with whatever brian stelter is saying like leave that to the you know the the, the people in the 900 degree studio to talk about that you know we can <laughs> we'll handle that uh party but, time uh, he, you know he, yeah. <laughs> he likes it though you know he likes that part of the job he likes fighting with the nfl you know he likes he likes that back and forth and I think that's kind of what gives him his energy, and he's and got that's Trump. Yeah, it's what he, it's that's what he likes. What he is. So it's part of the package. And, but you know, you know, bottom line is like there's been some really good things that have happened, and you're, you got to get excited about those things. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, I love him." It's Trump and Jesus on one side, and he's you know it's Trump and Satan on the other. And it's like, well, how about this? We look at what he does every day, not even what he says, because I've given up listening to what he says. First of all, as you mentioned, the words don't come in the right order, so I can't tell what he's saying most <laughs> of the time. Uh, but secondly, he also he tells us all. The time i'm a great negotiator and he'll say you know what uh kim jong-un is the devil and we're about to bomb him and the next day he's my buddy and he's he's my friend he's telling us that he doesn't mean any of the things he says publicly yeah like it's part of a big negotiation with him he'll say whatever he needs to do to get through a moment so it's not there's no point in focusing on that if you kind of step back and, and I, bill o'reilly was one of the first people that helped me crystallize this in an understanding of of trump is that he's a very transactional person mm-hmm. so like that transaction at that moment you know that's that's one thing but if you step back from what he's saying and just focus on what actually occurs, is he pro-Russia? Well, he keeps saying nice things about Vladimir Putin, but he also seems to put a lot of sanctions on Russia. Mm-hmm. And he's tougher on Russia than Obama ever was in reality and when it comes to policy. And if you can step back and look at it that way, you can remain mildly sane in this yeah. period. And that's all, I, that's all I'm rooting for at this point. You're exactly right. I've, you know, I've said <coughs> recently in a video – hang on, let me take a drink mm-hmm. – Melted ice, folks. It's not liquor. You're saying you're going to watch another video. It's not going to be another one of these where I'm looking uh. at someone's pants. Or <clears throat> no, look at okay. them over in the party it, okay. over party fouls mm-hmm. area. They were they were just looking it up. Y'all just watched the yes. erection video, didn't you? I it. totally watched the. I'm, erection sitting there, <laughs> I'm listening to Stu make a valid, intelligent. We wouldn't you know, be able to speak to whatever he even, said for the last five minutes because okay. we've been watching a video of an erection. I mean, completely competent in, in this conversation, and I can see you guys over there mm-hmm. going. Oh, oh, I was a little oh, impressed. <laughs> Barack Obama's <laughs> penis in his pants. And it's, it exists, Mark. It exists. We'll throw that up later for you people. Stereotypes <laughs> might be. <laughs> Maybe but correct. You know, but, the only but, stereotype, no one ever fights. But no, uh, Obama, could, <laughs> Obama could never put pressure on on Russia because he was too busy coddling up to Iran. Yeah. And he's trying to make – so you can't piss off Russia and appease Iran. It's a big deal. I mean, they, yeah. they they fought for that Iran deal with their lives. I mean, they they admitted lying to reporter after reporter after reporter about it to get it passed. Uh, so you're right. They couldn't do anything to Russia. And, you know, they even say that now. I mean, like people even on the left will admit it now. Yeah. Of course, they always admit it after the fact when you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, going to be interesting as we head into 2020, hopefully uh... – <laughs> And yeah, look, I, I mean, Trump, Trump's what you got. I mean, and, and look, you're probably living in one of the best Americas you've ever lived in in this generation. If you want a job, you can go out and get one. It's, it's just a matter of if you don't want one, then you won't get one unless Ocasio-Cortez gets her Green New Deal. And then, hey, she says we'll even pay basic income to those who are unwilling to work, yeah. <laughs> which is just <laughs> asinine. I mean, this stuff is so silly. 
but you know, <laughs> if you don't want Uncle Sneezy uh, fixing the fries, don't hire him to work at McDonald's because he's going to sneeze in the fries. You know, he makes good fries, but he's going to sneeze in the fries, and that's kind of what I feel like we got with Donald Trump. Is here's a guy who <laughs> this is a, again your analogies are killing me. But here's Wait, a guy how do you know if he makes good fries no, when he's sneezing saying, in the fries? Like, Those are not good fries. If you don't want somebody sneezing on your French fries <laughs> at McDonald's, don't hire Uncle Sneezy. Uh, Trump's got flaws. He's got fails. He's got scars. He's got things that are out there. But look, we hired him to do a certain job. Yep. He's so far been doing, for the most part, that job. And I say that Trump is not right of center. I still think he's left of center. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that that's why he appears so far right is because the left has gone so far left to get away from him. I think that's very astute, actually. I think that's exactly the truth. I mean, I think people people a lot of times con, uh, confuse conservative and loud as if they're the same two right, things. Right. Like the fact that Trump, Trump you know, Trump's border policy – it's not all that different than, you know, been there everybody for 30 Repu- years. Yeah, running as a Republican and the Democrats of the early 90s were saying mm-hmm. the same things. Um, you know, it's not it's not, it's not out of the mainstream of, of the political conversation, but because he says it loud and he, you know, he throws in things when he's talking about rapists and, you know, he he does that sort of stuff. And that's Trump. But that doesn't make the policy any different. Like, yeah. I mean, the same it's the same policy. We have laws and you need to enforce them. Those are basics, right? Basics for a nation to actually yeah. operate. So, I mean, I guess when you when you step back and you say, okay, well, is Trump right of center? I mean, on certain things he is. I mean, he's as far left as any candidate in the race, including the Democrats when it comes to trade. I mean, Mm -hmm. with the exception of maybe Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, he was he's absolutely to the left of Hillary Clinton on the issue of trade, which is like, you know, that's a big deal. Like, I mean, it was something that it's it's not a top of the line, you know, passion issue for most conservatives. So it wasn't the focus of the race. But I mean, you know, he he is he has issue. You know, certainly he's been left in his life and he's definitely moved to the right since those old days. Um, But he's he's no he's no right wing ideologue. They they want to make him out to that because they want to paint whatever negative negative associations they can paint with Trump on the right as a whole. And that's a, that's a strategy by the media more than anything yeah, and else. And the spending is out of control. I mean, Spe- spending is – it, it was with Obama. It. it is with – I mean, it's out of control. I mean, it is. I mean, like his and, – and it's worse. It's worse, worse under Trump than it was under Obama. Yeah. Now, that's par- partially a function of just the way the numbers work because, yeah. you know, you, this population grows and everything else. But it has not been an impressive effort to try to cut down spending. And to Trump's credit, he never said he was going to do it. Right. I mean, Trump was never a guy who came in and said, I'm going to get this budget under control. He was never a guy who said, well, I'm going to change these big entitlement programs and make them operate. He's just a guy saying, I'll give you more, I'll, a trillion dollar stimulus. Like these things were real policies that he said that he wanted. So he never ran on those things. You know, yeah. I mean, people accuse him of like, oh, he dropped the ball on the budget. Well, what what ball did you think he was holding? He never said he was holding that ball. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to set you up to another video because I feel no. like when I no, talk about won't. balls. Too I was at the White House last week. <laughs> I was trying to get in and have a conversation. But I couldn't get Trump to come out to the fence. Uh, to, oh, to really? Let, we were going to talk about these things. He just Were you loud enough? No. Oh, that's no, the there was a girl out there with a vagina hat on. and she Her dog had a vagina hat on, too, and that was cute. She put her in the cowboy hat and you in the vagina hat. <laughs> then he would have come yeah, out. He would have come out. Yeah. Stu, thanks for coming on. Thanks, uh, thanks for walking all the way across the street to Studio 22, Stu. The hot box, baby. The sweat. Yes. This is the sweat palace in here. It's this is warm. unbelievable. It's like one of those things in the desert where they put it in like the little tents and then they like 30 people die as they're yeah. like in some cult. This yeah. That's what this place this feels like. This is what when they smuggle people across the border in, in 18 wheelers. <laughs> yeah. This is what this it feels like, like inside there. A real true uh, border experience. We can open up an amusement park. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like walking through the Holy Land except crossing over from Mexico. That kind of thing. Yeah. We, we can even light some uh, candles and everything in here with the Virgin Mary. 
I don't know where I'm going. I, the heat is getting to me. I'm going crazy in here. It's party time, Mom. It's time to uh, time to get out of here. Thank you, guys. Hey, listen. Check out Stu. You need Blaze TV. Come on. Get man. on BlazeTV.com. Sign up. Get your subscription. And you got to watch Wonderful World of Stu. How bad did it hurt when they hit you in the face with that ball? Uh, they hit you pretty good. Oh, and they hit me. It was multiple times. There was like multiple takes on that thing. So it's in the open and it just slams me in the face. And I mean, and you can see the face just boom. Yeah. And you realize uh, I could lose some weight. That's when I realized it. <laughs> That's when I realized it. Yeah, right then. Now you uh, look good. It's a I lot love of flesh that show. moving around in different directions on it's my face. Stu walking down the railroad tracks with a tutu on. It's beautiful, <laughs> man. I love that show. We got it. I'm calling for it to come back. If you if you have the time, it is a difficult one. You know, we're, it's a, it was a lot that went into that yeah, show. Yeah, it was a lot that went into it, and so Glenn's got me on other stuff at the moment. Yeah. But I always feel like at some point I'll bring it back. It was yeah, a lot just of don't fun get back in with that Pat Gray cat. I mean, oh, that God, guy, no. he's out. Oh God, he's terrible. And oh, if Jeffy gosh, ever, what a jerk. ever, and Jeffy, yeah, one of the worst people. Uh, I mean, he he is on the level of uh, all of our, you know the worst mass murderers in history. Yeah, he's like an uh, oligarch. That's where yes, yeah, a dictator, an oligarch. That's where I put. He's only on that place. Jeffy, Jeffy influenza it's he's right in that area that's the horrible things that have happened to society to me to me uh he's like a smallpox blanket yeah yes is what he is yes. yeah he, he just a, infiltrates a very heavy smallpox like blanket. he looks comforting mm-hmm. he looks yeah. like something that would warm you if you wrapped jeffy yes. around you it's like <laughs> something that would really bring you peace and just like, yes. you, like jeffy kind of looks like you just want to poke him and he'll go <laughs> Yes. And then you have smallpox. That's true. I feel like I used to explain it, Jeffy, in this way of like, and you're the only person I've ever heard go down this road, but it's like I always found it to be kind of huggable. Like I mm-hmm. kind of just want to want to just give him a big hug. And yeah. then you realize you've picked up some sort of disease like, afterwards. Really? It's like, like that cactus mm-hmm. looks like it just needs to be yeah. consoled. <laughs> That's it. Three days later, you're still picking <laughs> out of your skin. So there you go. All right. For Stu Bergare, BlazeTV.com. Go get it. Uh, Check us out wherever podcasts are available. And, of course, the Glenn, Ble- the Glenn Beck radio program and everything. Uh, it's Gluebeck. Glue- it's Gluebeck. Glue yes. The Gluebeck. Mm-hmm. Go to Gluebeck.com. Get his uh, latest book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> what, what is his latest? Addicted to Outrage? Is that the latest? Uh, yeah, it's the latest one. Addicted to Outrage. Got a new one so. coming up on socialism this year, yeah. which we just started working on. It's going to be really good. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and I know he put a lot. You know, if you want to talk about how to explain to your friends – that Nazis are were actually socialists. That was a great article. That was a very um, uh, academic, scholarly article put together there. Apparently necessary in today's yeah. world. I, you know, I mean, I you could obviously summarize the argument: National Socialist Party, National, <laughs> yeah. but like, you, yes, in the name. Yeah, it's like yes, there's more nuance to that yeah. to it than that. And I guess we had to put that article out to to tell people that yeah. you know the, the truth because I, I mean those things do get lost if you don't keep reinforcing them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, for the. Peanut gallery over there hanging out. Watch your stuff. I caught you guys still, still oh, looking at Obama's thing going on over here. His erection still stands. <laughs> <laughs> Ever puppet master Mark Candice, queen of the Ethiopians, who's not in here right now. She's fired. Is that personal? Was that? There's, there's evidence of yeah. her. Her sweater is still sitting over mm-hmm. there in the chair. But anyway. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We're at the hour mark. We're going to get the heck out of here. For the next time we see you, who knows what we'll be talking about. I'll come up with all kinds of analogies to confuse the hell out of you one more time. But we love y'all. God bless. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.